Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, g'day, Shelter Footycast live from Backchat Studios. I'm not hungover. That is the Southern <laughs> River Band. There's no drinking for me on the weekend, Skeeter. I'm sprightly. I'm up and about, just like you've been for the last couple of weeks. How are you, Skeeter? Good. Uh, day 24 for me. I'm almost halfway there. Wow. It's, I'm um, no, I'm doing 50. Don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> I'm just getting through to 50. <laughs> and then go and uh, drain a couple. But no, I actually feel quite fresh. And it's so nice to see you coherent and just your eyes. I, I can see the pupils of your eyes. I was unwell <laughs> on Thursday, unwell. But I'm well today, Skeeter. It's been a good weekend of footy. Gather around, over, obviously, in South Australia. So we're going to get through that. Go through each game. Talk about how shit Skeeter is at tipping and maybe a few other stories from the weekend. I what? went well. Not that well. Mate, 8 out of 9 for me, brother. We're on this show, mate. Maybe on the maybe in the newspaper, but on the on this show, you were tipping roughies. Remember? So no, no. Uh, okay, we'll go through that. I think there's going to be some challenges from what I've heard. Socials, uh, Shelter Footycast on Instagram. Give us a follow. Send in your emails. We've got a couple of emails to get through at the end of the show. Skater Footycast at shelterbrewing.com. .au, watch us on YouTube, listen to us as a podcast. Uh, all, all well over the weekend for you, Skate. You, you, you're all sorted. I mean, you, you're obviously you're living a happy lifestyle. Um, he alluded in the fact that I was, you, you thought I should have been commentating on radio with you and I ended up being the waffle. And <laughs> no, the I actually forgot about that. <laughs> Which, that was a very enjoyable two hours, six hours of radio I had on Saturday. <laughs> I spent the entire... Look, so talk about um, covering games. Skate, you've been doing it for a lot longer than I have, but um, we, we covered the Melbourne-Essendon game from the studio in 6PR for six hours. So we did a two-hour preview, then we did like a three-hour game, and then we did a one-hour review. And... Like, it was good, and it's you know I'm obviously paid by six PR. But know, when you're that. talking about the game prior to or after long on the actual match itself, that's a long journey. So we started. Skeet was on the roster. There was a bit of some confusion about who was meant to be where, and I was texting Skeet anyway. Found out Skeet wasn't coming in, so I spent the majority of that six hours just yelling Skeeter's name <laughs> into the into the microphone, Skeeter. We found Skeet. Where's Skeet? <laughs> and by the last hour, I had lost my mind. You sounded delirious. Yeah, I was. I was, mate. So, uh, you know, I wasn't referring to that. Did you go all right the punt on the weekend? Or? Oh, that. Oh, I only had one frustrating moment, to be honest. And I sort of, I lost, but I didn't lose big. But I tell you what, I was sitting there watching the end of the uh, Port Adelaide Western Bulldogs game. And I had Port to win mm. at the line, minus 14 and a half. Um, they were led by 15 points. They get the ball inside their forward lines. Pal Pepper has a snap, goes across the face of goal. There's another shot which doesn't quite score. Because I'm thinking... So you they need get... to score or you don't need no, to score? No, I lead by... I need them to win by 15 right. or more. They right. lead by 15 right. with about a minute to go. It's raining, you know, all sorts of wind and hail and God knows what. Is it at the opposite end of the ground? So it's yeah, fine. it's in Port's forward line. So it's fine. I just, but I wanted one more point because yeah. you get to 16, then they've got to score a goal yes. in the last minute. So as it stands, they go to the wing... Bulldogs rush it forward. Arthur Jones gets a free kick um, right over the shoulder, 50 out. Big fan of Arthur Jones. Yeah, no, I'm not a huge fan because um, he gets the ball <laughs> and, and he, he kicks it to the top of the square. Two seconds, one second, off hands, 
trickles over the, the goal line. They win by 14. <laughs> Eat with the siren going as it crosses a line. Now, I tried not to swear because my wife would have heard me, but I thought, you you seriously? And I was filthy. Who, I were, you was, ang- were you angry at the Port Adelaide defenders? I was perhaps? angry at life. because I was angry at everything. I was angry at the fact that how could I get stitched oh. up? I looked upstairs and I said, mate, how have you done me on this? Seriously. I had a chat to the big fella upstairs. And said, this is disgusting. God. <laughs> yes. I went to my Catholic faith. <laughs> oh, very good, Skeeter. Well, there you go. Mark Reddings, he's found another way to, <laughs> to lose his life out. <laughs> he's lose. having a drink, oh. uh, break from drinking. Anyway, that's very good. You said it was a good story, and it was. Um, yeah. Out of interest, the, the line in the Geelong West Coast game, um, not that this is a hunting podcast, but I just did have a look at it because I, I, I wondered if it was going to be – a hundred points. You know? I thought I, mean, I didn't. Was, have I'll tell you what it was. It was fifty-eight. It was. It was. It was forty-eight. Oh, 48. How much did they win by? Forty-seven. That's correct. Uh, do with what you will with that uh, stat and my punting. Uh, big moment of the round. Uh, gather around. Let's start on a positive. Um, real like it, it. You know I, whether it was the AFL or Fox Footy or everyone involved. You know hyping it up. It just looked like somewhere looked like you want to be. Yeah, and, fun. you know, Shelter, South Australia, you and I, you have to give it consideration. Given I mean, that's the next state across, isn't it, from Western Australia? So, Although Gill could... made it sound a bit closer than what it was. He said, oh, it's just pretty central. Victorians can try, you know, get across easily. Western Australians, it's still a three-hour plane trip. Correct. So it's not that close for us. But uh, the concept, which, of course, started with the NRL, which before that started with Super League in Rugby League in the UK, has, has found its way into the AFL. And I think a success... Story. I think, and I, I haven't seen, I've been to Norwood and haven't been to uh, Mount Barker over there, but the grounds look really well put together and the crowds are terrific. I I don't think you could have asked for a better result. From Adelaide's, a, Adelaide's a great town. It's mm. a great town for it. The, yep. the Adelaide over where uh, six of the games were, it's right in the city. It is walkable, in walking yeah. distance. Whereas, you know, Optus Stadium, it's, I guess East Perth is walkable. Like it's it's sort of walk, walkable, but like Adelaide City is like the core of Adelaide. Right? And the, the positive is that you can get from A to B simply yes. in Adelaide. That the negative is it's, it's it is very small. So, but no, I, I think I think it's a huge result for for the AFL going for three years, confirming it for three years. Yeah, twenty twenty six. Just, be just, just no, I just think well, it does shut out the other options. Um, you know, down the track with you know New South Wales is an obvious. Possibility, Queensland as well, um, and obviously Western Australia. We, we're a footy heartland. So, what does the AFL want to do? Are they trying to sell the game to their own constituents, or they do they want to expand the game to include the the northern states? I don't mind it. It sounds like you're a little bit of you know shouldn't lock it away. I don't mind locking it away because you're right. You can look at it as an expansion tool and promoting the game, or you can look at it. What I probably look at it, it's like a celebration of. How good's this? And you want everyone to come there. And I know, like, putting it in the Gold Coast would be great. I just don't know if you sell all the grounds out. Know. You're not, it's going to be a totally different experience it's because like, it's, you know, it's almost like a showcase. Whereas, whereas this is like, how good's this? Get here. If you love footy, you need to get to Adelaide. Well, that's why the NRL does it in Queensland, Brisbane, because people, A, it's a, a great place to visit, and B, you're going to have rugby league diehards, even if you don't. Barry for the Broncos or the Dolphins or the Gold Coast Titans or North Queensland. You're going to go there and enjoy because you love rugby league. One thing, one place I don't think they should have it, Magic Round, is Melbourne. That's right. a, that, is, that, is that a fair All the things call? I love it. Yeah, they, get, they get Magic Round every week in Melbourne. Is well, that what it is? Well, no, just see, what, what's the point of having Magic Round in, in Victoria? Yeah, well, there's, there's not much. I mean, yeah, 
that there's not much other than if you just make it a thing where everyone's in the same Mate, spot. Mate, you got Grand Final, you got Anzac yeah. Day, you got Dreamtime. Yeah, but none of those have every team playing. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed what? to putting in Melbourne. I'll put it that way. So you, uh, got blokes like Damien Barrett coming out saying they should move the showdown from the Adelaide Oval <laughs> to the MCG. Ridiculous. This is just what are these Victorians thinking? They are on Mars. <laughs> Seriously, what, what are you blokes? What, what is it? Is it God-given right that you should have every major event? That, yeah. that, that lands on the AFL calendar. Yeah. And they get shitty because Collingwood St Kilda's not played at the MCG. I mean, generally, that's how Victorians operate. Yeah, we, we you know. Me, me, me. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, everything <laughs> should come to us, absolutely. As opposed to West Australians, it's like. Oh, no, we're, don't worry. We, we're. <laughs> you, well, you're not a West Australian, eh? Well, yeah, I'm, I've, of course. I've been here for 45, 50 years. Does that constitute being a West Australian? Pretty close. If, if Adam Gilchrist is a West Australian... Oh, he's not a West Australian either. What is he? Oh, where area was born? Well, he's from New South Wales. Yeah, well, he's a New South Welshman. So do you so have to be born so, here? I would think so. You oh, can't... so I'm a Canadian then, right? I was yeah. born in Canada. Yeah, so see. I'm Wayne Gretzky territory. <laughs> Pamela Anderson, Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> do you know them personally? Well, do you know them, do you know them personally? Oh, I don't want to go into my, into my contact book, but no, I don't actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a good start to the show here. Well, I liked it, and I think you did too. Yeah, of course. Gather around. Um, very good. Let's get into a couple of uh, more uh, serious issues. Um, I want to start with the Waffle West Coast defeated by two hundred oh, by one hundred sixty nine sixty nine points, two hundred seventeen to forty eight by West Perth on the weekend. Uh, very clear what the reasons are in my mind. I mean, there's, they've got injuries, and so when ten players come out of the West Coast AFL side, ten players come up from the Waffle side, and then. You know, it's a big shuffle. So they lose their 10 best and they need to add 10 more players. And the quality of the list drops off significantly because there's not depth there, right? So that's the reason they've lost by so much. How do you see their position in the waffle competition right now? Yeah, well, just going away from just the weekend's result, I think they've won one of their past 24, 25 games. And in that period, we talk about last year where the injuries were just as bad, if not worse. So... That's not going to help the cause. Uh, look, it's a, it's a balancing act because I don't, don't think anyone who follows the waffle wants the Eagles to be too strong. But conversely, they don't want them to be belted like they have at the moment. So as soon as they get too strong, West Coast, you're going to have waffle clubs, their rivals, bleating about the strength of the Eagles. As it stands now, it just looks bad having a loss like that. And you think of on the weekend, Elijah Hewitt was injured early. Um, Harry Barnett, I think, made his debut. Zane True, Rhett Bazzo, um, Bergeel, some of these yep. guys that are AFL listed. But that that's it. That's well, it. Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a big, long spiel here, Skater. So, look, I think as it stands, West Coast has to seriously consider whether this model is the right model going forward. And, you know, whether that's – that's not going to happen next week, whether they change that. They're going to most likely have to stay the course with where they are right now, and they're going to be a terrible side for as long as they have injuries in the top level. So you can't fix anything this year, but I think – uh, look, I, I'm actually well-placed to speak about this. I've seen every model there is, yeah. right? So when I got over here, I was drafted to appeal through an interstate draft E program. So we were sort of billeted out to clubs. I was the only West Coast player at Peel. Where did you live? Uh, I lived uh, like in Leadable. Down, down so right. you drive two times a week to training? Yep, so I, I drove Thursdays. We didn't have to go down there for the Monday review. Um, we, we did a phone call for that. But I drove down there Thursday training. I didn't have to do that either, but I did that. Um, and this will go to my point a little bit later because I thought it was the right thing to do. I was, I, you know, I wasn't playing AFL footy to start the year, so you know, to rock up and play a game and leave, I don't think that's the way to do it. And I was 17 at the time, right? So, um, so I did that for four years. I then um, the East Perth alignment system came in at the same time as Appeal Thunder one did. So I played games at East Perth under the alignment model and quite a few games, probably 20 games with East Perth. Enjoy that more. Um, very different, but I liked them both. 
I'll come back on what I liked and what I didn't like. West Coast then had the waffle side, and I played with the West Coast waffle side alignment team. So I've done them all. The best for development was um, yeah, personally playing at Peel, playing with men. We, we didn't win a lot of games during, during that period, but I was playing with grown men. I've never done that before um, because I took the time to go and – uh, train on Thursdays. They really embraced me. It was like an, I was like a recruit for them. So they treated me really well. I got played where I wanted to play because they weren't the best side. Um, Muddy Waterman was the coach at the time. And I, my, my development was great, not only just as a footballer, but as a, as a person, as a man. I, got, I learned how to be in a footy club. Um, then moving to East Perth, uh, look, I, that was the most successful alignment for West Coast and for the development. And there was some like teething issues with, okay, You've got a young player that West Coast want to play on a half-forward flank and East Perth say, well, we've got two local boys that are very good half-forward flankers. We want to play him, I don't know, on the wing or on the bench or in the reserves. And so they would bump heads over that. But overall, you know, West Coast had um, assistant coaches down there every every training session. Like they were trying to get East Perth to play like West Coast and they played in two grand finals, East Perth. So like I think that model was extremely good. And you look at the Peel Thunder model, like but Fremantle, they've won grand finals. They've won premierships down there with but that. There was resentment with both Peel and with East Perth with the alignment and how strong they were. So that's from a, a yeah. different perspective. No, no, actually. that's good. That's good. Um, and then we've moved now to the West Coast Waffle side, which was you know put in place before COVID um, with the thoughts that, okay, they won't have the you know kickback from the Waffle and Waffle sides because it's their own team. They won't, they'll be able to you know, directly impact game plan and, and implement that and they'll be able to control development of their players because it won't be external. So that comes in, COVID happens and, and the West Coast Waffle side sort of does what it's done over the last few years. You say one, two games in 24 games or whatever it is. Uh, COVID, COVID harmed it with the footy cap cut because they couldn't put the right resources in. I think if you're going to have your standalone Waffle side, you have to put serious resources into it. And so, that, so that, sorry, the, the resources you're talking about, do you think, and you work by appeal, I'm not asking you to tell me the numbers, but do you think the resources that the Eagles need at waffle level are above and beyond what other waffle clubs absolutely. require? Absolutely. They're starting their own club, right? But they, they, the club's been around for two or three seasons now. I know, but they've started their own football club effectively, right? Mm. Like it's their own side. Yep. You can't just click your fingers and think that, a team's going to, you know, like there's so much that goes on behind the scenes at footy clubs that aren't just the players. Like you got the coaches and the coaching staff. You've got the medical staff. Admin, all that. You've got guys running water. You've got admin. You've got, you know, footy managers. You've got so much stuff that isn't the players that, I, I, one, I don't think West Coast has been able to put the right funds behind it, and two, they haven't. And so it's now just an ad hoc mismatch bunch of guys running around trying their best. It's not on the players. It's probably not even on the club, but... The situation right now, West Coast aren't getting development out of the young players. That's the biggest issue. I know the waffle competition, um, making sure that it's you know not getting affected by West Coast getting smashed every week. But the actual, the biggest thing is West Coast want that side to develop their players to play in the AFL, not to win the waffle competition. I don't think they're entering to do that. And they're not getting that whatsoever. You spoke about those guys off the top. They're coming into that team and they're playing with amateurs. They're playing with amateur players. And that's, again, no one's fault. But that's a fact. They're not going to get any develop. They literally will not get any development rocking up and getting in a game like that. Two hundred seventeen to forty eight. So, after all that you just said, what's the solution? Say, if you had the template for twenty twenty four, ideally and logistically, it might not be possible. What do you think would be the best way forward for this 
club to develop those players? The, the most ideal one is a is an AFL reserves competition where every side is in the same boat and they've got to fund their own competition. Are we close to that? Look, I think we're closer to that than we were before COVID. I think before COVID, logistically, the, you know, the AFL and clubs sort of couldn't happen. But they've they've spent two years effectively shipping players around the country and putting them in hubs, and they they would now have that process, which I just think. When you haven't done it, you think it's you know bigger than it is. But now that they've done that, I think the logistics side's taken care of. But that's that's not going to happen short term. No, but like I think we're not that far away from it. You'd need sponsorship. You need to be able to pay for they'll it. They'll get that right, which they'll get. Like I, I think that could happen. I don't. I don't see like they ran the Foxdale Cup, right? You you worked on that, right? Yep. Some of your best of time. time in media, right? So if they can run the Foxdale Cup, I'm pretty sure they can run the AFL side. They'd, they'd have to bring more players onto lists and they'd have to have the re- like reserve lists basically. But they had that in COVID, if you remember. Mm. Like the Waffle side, that, that's when all the guys played last year. Yep. Um, blokes like, who, who played out of the Waffle? Dewar from... Well, Aaron Black. Right, so Dewar, those guys... Uh, Declan Mountford. They were all on reserve list, so they would have a similar setup. So they've done it. Um, that's the best one. Look, secondary, I don't know, do you go back to an alignment club like a Perth? Well, that's the obvious one. Perth is the obvious one. Perth kicked one goal on the weekend. Yeah, they, they've had... Well, don't... Trust me, I'm a Perth supporter. Haven't won a flag since 77. Haven't looked like it. We made the finals a couple of years ago. That was in a shortened season during COVID. There has been sustained non-success at the footy club. It seems, and this is, you know, I'm a Perth supporter. I don't want to see the Perth Demons become something else. But if you're looking at, at the most obvious, if you're going down alignment, it is, it's staring everyone right in the face. When West Coast built their facility at Lathlane in 2017-2018, I'm sure there was... That was a plan. There was a proposal for that to happen, wasn't there? Well, there's a plan from West Coast point of view, yeah. but there's always been under Bob Shields through Perth and now Barra's president. I, I think the, the president or the, the CEO that, that ticks off on that, obviously through the board and through the members, to align with the Eagles. Um, a bit like James Brayshaw at North Melbourne. He didn't want to be the one to, to ship them up to the Gold Coast. So I understand the reluctance to do it, but... Uh, but look, I've got no alignment to the Perth no. Club, so I'm happy to say it. Uh, when was the last time you won a grand final or won finals? Yeah, or but a... the same thing could be asked of St Kilda. They yeah. won 1966. Was last. But I don't think that has to be the premise of, of why you go the alignment path. But in terms of the West Coast, that, yeah, that would be just ideal for them to have Perth as their, their club, as they did with East Perth. They're in the same facility. All that adds up. It's Perth that has always been the stumbling block for the reasons you've mentioned, the history and losing the identity, oh, oh, which they, they believe is important. I can just imagine the board of directors or whoever makes those decisions sitting around in some dimly lit, dusty room going, well, we're not going to lose our culture and we're tradition and blah, blah, blah. I, my, my point of view would be you've got to move with the times. I don't have any alignment with Perth, and, and I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone, but you've got to... You got to move with it, don't you? Well, I mean, you say like, that but the opportunity's there, yeah. and you would have had a lot of money put into that football club from West Coast. So why then, with East Perth, and a lot of money went into the coffers at East Perth, and they now they were financially very secure after their alignment with the Eagles? Why did they bail? I don't know. Well, that's that's they, the they, reason they made two grand finals. But no, so, no so, we're, we're talking more. Re- I think that you talk about the culture. Now I don't work at either club, um, but that's what they're they're saying. The culture eroded. You know. There are people at East Perth that were pretty dead set on, on just separating themselves from the Eagles and, and going down their own so, path. So I played at Peel Thunder before, and I've played it with them yep. after my AFL career. Matt Rose is in place there at Peel, and I know Matty really well. And 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 I, I, you know, if I'm speaking out of school, probably, but he he one of his top top missions at that footy club is to make sure that alignment mm. is great. 
And that's that's by, you know, obviously making sure Frio get what they want, but more importantly, looking after his players that are local, making sure that they feel like they're involved in a footy club, mm. making sure that they've got the facilities to do the right thing for their for their team. Maybe that's why East Perth didn't do it. Maybe they didn't have someone looking after the best interests of the, the East Perth players. East Perth players get disenfranchised and move on. Like, I think Matty Rose is doing a great job. I've seen it. I've been in... I've been in the East Perth thing as well. I've been in the Peel thing. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would think the Peel players are pretty happy with Freo being involved with that footy club. Yep. Uh, if I had the answer and you had the answer, it would be uh, easily put to bed. But it's not the case. And we know that uh, – we'll put it this way. What's untenable is having a team getting beaten by 170 points. I'm pretty regular. sure Rep Bazo played. I'm pretty sure he played it. You know, that someone kicked 10, someone kicked 8, someone kicked 5. So Tyler Keitel kicks a career-best 8. Mitch Dobson kick, kicks... Uh, Who kicked so 10? Tyler, t- Tyler Keitel kicked 10. Dobson kicks 8. Um, yeah, it's 34 goals. That's just a, a bloodbath. I hope their necks were all right in the back line of the West Coast <laughs> Waffle Tide. Watching a few goals go over the back. I think that's a good discussion, though, and we'll continue that going on. I've got a... I've got another rant to go on about concussions, but we're going to save that for next week because I've been banging on about this a little, little bit too much. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings, Shelter Footy Cast. Let's go into Fremantle first, Skeeter. Fremantle defeat Gold Coast by 10. <laughs> I'm sitting on, on the couch. Come on. I'm just sitting Give back, chewing the steel, and just thinking, oh, this is pretty average. Get this beep, beep, text. <laughs> beep, beep, you reckon? <laughs> oh, whatever it you does. <laughs> <laughs> and Dan's chiming in and, and Scoey. What did I say? Um, Something. Along the lines of, um, you can say what you, you Oh, you Dockers are shite. Like, I picked Gold Coast, never picked them again. And he said, F them. He said, yeah. that's it. I said, yeah, I said, fuck them. Fuck them. And then ten, it's, it's a bit like me when I put the punt on. As soon as you <laughs> as soon as you said that, they started to fire a shot. Frio were getting smashed. Yeah, they were. Were, were they not? Yeah, I think you replied with something like they're, 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 they're cooked. They look cooked. It was, they were four goals down, but... Gold Coast should have been more in front. Yeah. They, they missed some goals. And Fremantle weren't... They were playing the same way they've they've played. So I don't know if someone sent my text message through to the players. I'm sure. Well, the jury's still out of whether or not that happened, but something happened and they turned things around. They, they started incredibly slow and it packed out Norwood over. It looked like a great setup there. But um, yeah, they just, it was a game of halves. But once they, what did they do? I just felt like they started winning. I asked Dave Mundy on 6PR, mm. what, you know, what, what is it? You know, you can't just click your fingers. And basically he said, look, they started getting it done at the contest in the midfield. Like It starts in the midfield. They got their ball movement going from that, behind that, they could defend. And then, the game turns around. So, um, as simple as that, but also if it was that simple, they would have done it for four weeks. Yeah, correct. They've only won. Um, they've only won three first terms in their last twenty games. And well, we talked about this heading into the season. You go back to the two big matches at the end of last year. The game against Collingwood, MCG. They were um, not put to the sword, but they were beaten pretty convincingly in that semi final and in the first quarter against the Bulldogs in the elimination final. That's they right. were towed up. They just they were forty plus points down in the second quarter. So their starts have been ordinary. I actually mentioned that to Justin Long, you were in a function. He said pre, pre-season, he said, yeah, we've got to focus on that. They've been terrible starting teams, and that makes it tough. We, for 2014, we were a horrible starting side at West Coast. We were, I'm sure there's some stats. We were slow out of blocks, shit out. And I remember 2015, we genuinely would have we'd have a game plan and we'd train pre-season and we, know, we knew what to do. But our sole focus was start, start well. And we had modes we would go on. We, we had this thing called, um, oh, what did we call it? We had like a mode that we'd start the game in. So it was sort of like 
Colin, you know how Collingwood plays now and it looks like it's just go mode and they just go take everything on. Um, we would have that in our kit bag. So if we're losing the game, all right, go through the corridor. It was like yeah. the corridor play stuff. Yeah. And at, at West Coast in 2015, we would um, we would have the team meeting before the game and Simo would go, we're starting in corridor mode. And so pretty much get it, handball, play on, take risks. So we would start the first 15 minutes in like this blitz, blitz mode. Yeah. yeah. And then you'd pull it back. And so, you know, I, like I, it was it was almost genius because I mean, what's the worst thing that happened? Like you go into that mode and, and then you turn the ball over and they kick some goals. But if you're, it's, if, it's the start of the game. And already, if, you, if you've had those issues starting, yeah. which the Dockers have had, then then it, yeah, you've got to try and change things up. So look, look. So maybe that's a they need to be more aggressive. They, well, they won the inside fifty count forty eight forty five. They're the top four in top in inside fifties in the comp though, but they're the bottom four in converting and scoring. Yeah, so that that's an issue. I mean, their disposal efficiency was seventy seven percent, which is not a, that's a, a pretty good return. On Amos that. was very good. Amos good. Great to see. Um, great to see Michael Walters from the, at the other age spectrum kicking four. He's got ten from. Four games, and you know, I quite like the smaller forward line of, of Fremantle, to be honest. Sure. Now, whether whether that's as a result of winning footy at the source and, yes. and then going from there, I don't know. I, just, I just think they've got a few more tricks up their sleeves when they they even just have the one, whether it's Jackson or, or you know, whether they just have the one key forward down there, and then Amos have, is almost. Amos like, is I know he's high, tall, high, but he's not like no, he's, he's not, not a huge key forward. Is no, he? no, he's not. He's not in the Lynch or in nah. that, that sort of Kennedy style, but. But what, just keep getting games into it. What did um What did Switkowski do? Did he do a hammy? Yeah, subbed off. I'm not. Yeah, I think it was soft tissue. But unfortunately, Swit has had the He's had, had a bit of habit, run. hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Walters kicks four. He was very good. Schultz. Um, Sarong outstanding. Thirty-seven touches. Probably best on. And look, He's had a great start to the year. When you think of Sarong. it, uh, Glendinning, Allen, Medal, um, best on. Yeah, he's probably leading the. The doing medal at the moment, I would suggest. He'd be right up there in the competition because, like, I don't think I, I know Freo haven't started well, but Brayshaw certainly hasn't been the player he no. was last year. I mean, he's he's an interesting one. Like, he wins the MVP last year, comes into this season like the Freo side with a lot of expectation. He started slowly, like he, he's still playing well. He's getting his clearance work going. I think he was strong in that second half, but I almost think that's a positive thing that their best player, Andrew Brayshaw, hasn't been playing. At no. his very best. But is that purely, you know, he's... I th- he'd be getting more attention. Exactly. The, the MVP next to his name, you, you can't know. The Geelong, the clubs of early part of the year, and they're, they're coming good, but clubs put work into you. If you, if you have success, you're not just going to be allowed to stroll through unfettered. Did you pick Freo? You did. I did pick Freo. So and I you said you'd never pick goal. I never picked Freo again I until they proved you wrong. And so, who have, they've got Western Bulldogs Friday, Friday night. night. I'll tell you what. I may, I may. You might be the, back. I may pick the Bulldogs. I wasn't that impressed with that victory by Freo. I, I wasn't. Were you? No, but you don't have to be. Sometimes it's a away win, or you know that win, yeah, which just scraps your way and just you know playing the Bulldogs are coming off a heavy game. We'll discuss it Thursday, but yeah, I think that's a real fifty-fifty game. Geelong defeat West Coast by forty-seven points. I was watching this game first half. Uh, I say? They kicked 14 goals, which is a record score for Geelong against the Eagles in the first half. Going back to 2008 at Subiaco Oval. You may have been playing in that game, were you? Or not? I was. Yeah, that's the game that they won by 135 points. And Bomber Thompson was in the, uh, the coach's box and looked down, and there he was, having a chicken salad roll <laughs> as uh, the match was ongoing, by the way. Are you not allowed to eat? Is that, like, I remember this absolute... <laughs> Absolute stink in the media about it. You're not allowed to have. What are you? He's hungry. 
He's ate a food. What's I've he- never seen a coach eat a meal during the course of a game. Have you ever eaten anything during when you commentate, when you work? Well, I'm always trying to stick three or four party <laughs> pies in there at a time, but I'm not coaching an AFL side. Well, because you can't talk at three qu- quarter time. He's talking to the players. So when he's up Okay, you box, tell me another case you've seen someone, apart from lollies, um, what, de- devouring it, a sauce? has been carrying around These CCs. CCs. Is that a thing? What's he must be getting sponsored. must be getting something on the sly there. That's very and funny. Ross is, you know, he's, he's a different cat, but uh, we'll get to him. Um, Geelong defeat West Coast. 64 points, points half Honest, on. Honestly, I, I thought it was going to be 200 points. I thought it was going to be like a, like a 350 point loss across both sides. Yeah. And it was looking horrid. Ugly. They started well, West Coast. First quarter, they were up, maybe? Kick the first two goals, behind you. Oh, no, yeah, sorry, they yeah, weren't Oscar they, Allen, that's right. Jake Waterman. Um, yep. But, I mean, just as the Eagles sort of... It, to be fair, the, the energy of, of Geelong was... was I mean, it'd be hard to rock up to a game where you're, you know, a dollar five favourite. Yeah. just have to turn up. To, to immediately go into that that green mode of, right, let's let's go full, full bore at this side. So, look, it took them a while to get going. I think they kicked... 10 or 11 goals in a row after that, Geelong. So it was a pretty decent return from them. Yeah, 64 points at half time. Didn't look good for the Eagles. Um, you know, some question, mate. Hawkins four in the end. Cameron four. Close four. Close four. Um, Tommy Barris is copying a little bit of bit of criticism still about how he's tracking. He, he took a really nice mark late. I, mean, I don't know. You, you, you tell me. This is your your one word about... Who's up criticising? Oh, a bit on social media, that that more so about is he is he in form? Is he out of form? Is he a bit like Alex Pierce? We're just not quite happening for him. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like I, I saw the I saw some criticism on social media as well. One in particular, which I won't actually mention who that was. But look, I always find it difficult to to criticise players specifically, like uh, you know their form or. But you know if they're in a form or out of form. Does he does he look out of confidence or not not playing as? I, I, my, my my thoughts are when, when you play in the back line, it's a, it's a connection piece. Like it's it's a you know the confidence isn't whether I'm a good player or not. Or you're so reliant on who you're playing on and who you're coming up against and that and the forward line that you're playing against. You do so much prep on the opposition that when you get out there. Um, the people that are around you on your team, your backline, it's a team within a team. So if you don't have the same people or they're in and out or you don't have the same voices that are always there, it does knock your confidence around. So, you know, on the weekend, no Hearn, no McGovern. Um, no and, Shuey. And no Shuey. They're, they're four senior guys. So it certainly would change the way you're seeing the game and may may knock around, you know, how you're actually playing. But I certainly can't be too critical given who's out in the park and, and the delivery that's coming into that forward line. Like, I, I just, I, I don't know what else you meant to do, really. Yeah, I mean, inside 50s, I think 63 to 48 or 50. So anything over 60, you're going to win most games of footy. I, I just, I, I just, <laughs> I always find it humorous that you could pick a side like West Coast who literally have 20 injuries and be picking apart players. Like, I almost think it's a free pass. Maybe I'm being too pro player here. Yeah, no, I mentioned this on 6PR with Jacko on, on the weekend and referred to you saying, do they get a bit of a leave pass this year? Oh, yeah, anyway, that, that probably is a discussion that could go in all sorts of directions. But bottom line is, after half time, if we're going to try and you know work on the negatives and the positives, they, they were better. They outscored Geelong. Now, whether that was in part because Geelong led by you know 10 and a half goals and thought, well, just uh, cruise to victory here. But I think you've also got to give credit to the Eagles and, and you know, what they did because they could have easily turned it up and, and I would say more likely than not that that was giving me a complete blowout and it wasn't so yeah. it's sort of like one of those games you look at and you're like oh well, you know again it's like the Freo game like a you know 
you know, over 40 plus point defeat, which is a bad defeat, but there was positives, the way they played, like, are they like a you know? Are mate, they the, are they a challenger with all their mate, players? They, they, they on the just field? don't have you, you. You go them player for player. When it comes to adding up talent, Geelong and West Coast on the weekend, it's no surprise they just didn't have the stock out there. Elliot Yo is injured with something yep. with it. We don't know exactly what it is, but Adamson's made the comment that he couldn't come back on, so that's not a corky. He's out this week. Yeah, so I don't know what that is yet. Um, Jake Waterman was really good, I thought, for West Coast. I think he's had his best year. Absolutely, he has. He missed the first game, wasn't picked, and then he's played every game since. He's, he's playing forward. He kicked four on the weekend. He's going into the ruck. I think. I actually think that helped, that, you know, though it's a bit disruptive as a, as a four, but gets he he's, gets him in the game, gets him involved, and he's competing. And I, I you know, I really, I'm really happy for him because um, that that role that he's been playing while Josh Kennedy's there has been really difficult. I mean, not just getting a spot in that in that forward line has been tough for him to cement down. So I, I'm really Happy that he's been able to have some success. Oscar Allen kicks another four goals. He's been outstanding. 14 for the year. I feel like that could have been one prediction I got right at the start of this year. Oscar Allen having an absolute ball terror. Yeah. Like what he's doing in a side that's shit house is very, very good. And and not just good. It's coming off 12 months with no footy. It's, <coughs> it's like someone having a knee recall or whatever. Yeah. And coming back and and playing as a key forward. And, you know, I know People forgot how, how good he was. And yeah. they're seeing how good he is. Yeah. He's... Yeah, look, Josh Kennedy's always in the back of your mind as to, you know, the, the elite as a forward, along with Peter Sumich, the Eagles, going back in time. But the Oscars got, gee whiz, I mean, at this rate, what are we looking at? He's 40-plus goals. Yeah. Oh, I reckon he's kicking 50-plus, and he's having a very, very yep. big year. That's that's a huge year and a side that's not going to win many games of footy this year. Mark Reddings, Will Schofield, Shelter Footy Cast. Let's do a quick whip around the rest of the game, Skeeter. We both picked along in the last yes. Adelaide defeat Carlton. Yeah, no, that was your roughie of the weekend when they started slight to underdogs. I think but... I picked three roughies in fairness. <laughs> you in probably fairness. did. Probably did. Uh, eight goal first quarter in a nutshell was enough to really put Carlton on the back foot. A guy called Jordan Dawson. <laughs> now, he's come from Sydney, didn't get a run in the midfield. Suddenly, he's probably got... a bunch of Brownlow votes in his back pocket. He was outstanding. Well, in serious... So, so this game, I, I watched the first five minutes. So I was watching it with a couple of mates and I said, Adelaide won this like all over. That was before they kicked eight goals. Just the way they were moving, like they... They clearly understood like how much that game meant for Adelaide. Like they they'd built that up to a... An occasion. Yeah, and they had you know, the new jumpers on, blah, blah, blah. But Jordan Dawson, I mean, you're exactly right. To come... I think it's quite extraordinary to come into a footy club and in your second year... Captain. Your name is Captain. In all my time, players that have come to the footy club, no matter how good leaders they are, like Josh Kennedy like being one of them, mm. and um, Jack Redden was a guy that came across, Elliot Yo came across. You know, these guys, are, they're good leaders. No one has even come close to me going, geez, they could captain the footy club in their second year. You know, that's still the Tim Kelly, another one. Like, you know, and, and I don't think we've ever seen that. It's just, it's just incredible. He's, he's young as well. He's not like this experienced Paddy Dangerfield that's come over and or a Gary Ablett to Gold Coast. He's, he's this sort of, you know, mid-20s guy that just played outstanding footy in that game, led back to his best, they had 37 and 32 touches respectively. And I I don't know, Adelaide have certainly, they've surprised me at how good they've looked. I definitely had a good opinion of them having seen them played here in the preseason, and I had a better opinion of them than Port Adelaide. But the way they're going about it... Um, they're in the top eight as we speak. Perhaps, are they in the top... They're not in top, no. no People sure are speaking about them in top four. Rochelle and Rankin, that sort of combo seven. works as well. Fogarty kicks five. Um, they're, 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 I'll tell you what, the, the area that I'm, I'm 
pleasantly surprised with their unheralded defence. And this is in your yeah. area. Guys like Murray. Yep. Um, is it Butts? Um, uh, Michael Annie. Yep. These guys are going, Today. who are these blokes I'm going? <coughs> I, you know, they walk down past me and Beaufort Street. I you know, wouldn't give them a second look. unless <laughs> they, they look back at you? Or? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> but no, Crows, I'm on. I have been. I picked them against Richmond. I, I have actually. You like them. You just I haven't do, liked them enough to pick them. No, but I, I picked them on the weekend. I think. Did uh, you pick Adelaide as well? Yeah, I picked Adelaide. Yes, I did. Um, Paddy Cripps below his best. Blues. Um, I've never Ever. won at the Adelaide Oval. Ever. And that's never. So that that wow. was that was part of my tipping philosophy. But uh, I don't think you can just put that the, the Blues defeat down as oh that's. Um, they didn't. They didn't look great. No, they didn't look great. That, I think I'm putting that down as a little. Blip on the radar. Okay, very good. Uh, we'll keep moving. Sydney defeat Richmond by 44 points. I picked Rich, no, Sydney. You yep, picked both picked Sydney. Pick Sydney. Um, uh, They're gone, Richmond. Yeah, gone. Well, again, I had them as my slider at the start of the year. I, I just think they're getting a year older, and I think some were seduced by Taranto Hopper coming into the mix, Dusty having a full preseason. Mate, they've, be, they've been to the, the, the buffet three times, a lot of these blokes. Well, and they've got no Lynch. Nankervis didn't play on the weekend. Nankervis didn't play. Um, yeah, Lynch is obviously longish turn. Nankervis out. No, they've got they've got to, and a lot, lot of injuries. Well, and, I mean, so what, so what's that recruiting strategy then? I mean, they've given away draft picks to get in Toronto and Hopper. They've yeah, just walked in for free. Yeah, so they, they clearly think that they're a chance of rebuilding on the back of the squad they've got right now. Probably looking at what. Geelong's done, I right. guess, in many ways. Uh, so, and we've talked about the Eagles, the criticism after eighteen with them. Well, the, mind you, they won three Richmond, so they're entitled to to do what they want. Is Papley one of the best players in the game? He's the most exciting player to watch in the game. Almost. Six goals, twenty five disposals. It's just a huge. He just buzzes, doesn't he? He just and he could he could have been at Carlton, didn't he? He tried to get to Carlton a couple that's of years right, ago. That's right, he did too. Yeah. So now he's you know think of small forwards. I mean Isaac Rankin. Started this year really well, but Tommy Papley's been doing it for a long time. Uh, Sydney, still question mark for me, but again, I say this with all due respect, Buddy, not out there. I just, I, I think that... You want Buddy, do you want no, Buddy I don't. Listed? No, I don't want to do this. This is what it sounds like. But he's not kicking 50 this year, uh, unless uh, you're proven they look, correct. They look, yeah, well, I know that's true, but there's a lot of things I've said that aren't <laughs> happening. Um, <laughs> Sydney look like, I 100% agree, they look like a more balanced team. You know, Papley kicked six, okay, but Heaney too, Amadi too, who did his, did his hammy. He, yep. He's looked really good when he comes into the team, so true. they'll miss him a bit. But Campbell kicks one, Warner, both Warners, one of them on debut. Um, Rowbottom, Stevens, Mills, McInerney, McDonald, like they've got a spread. And I just on the Warner factor, I've commentated the other brother for Colts playing for East Randall on Saturday morning. So. It, uh, it's always the uh, so so. There's uh, Corey Chad who yep. played for Sydney. Yes, and then the one in Waffle. Uh, yeah, can't remember. His got, last no, name's <laughs> definitely Warner though. <laughs> and, and if there's ever a he's movie made, it'll be from, made by Warner Brothers. Okay, thank you, Scott. I piss it off, BT. <laughs> Oh, you didn't even cover that with yourself. <laughs> he, he, they, they say it all the time. The the, the youngest brother, he, oh, he's, he's better than the other. Yeah, two, no, like, right? yeah, exactly. So like Joel, um, Scott Selwood was always the one. It's like Scott's better than Joel. It's like, well, I mean, Scott's a good player, but Joel's played like four thousand games and won about ten premierships. Yeah, so. it's like the War Brothers. You know, Steve War. I think Mark's the youngest twin. Yes. But yeah. Anyway, he's pretty good as well. Um, okay, Sydney, good. Brisbane defeat North Melbourne by seventy-five. Blue. Right out this one. Yeah. Um, this is what we expected from North Melbourne, though, to be honest. It's what we expected from Brisbane a bit as well. With, um, yeah, But the, the, the defence of North and the ability for Brisbane to get out the back was um, was quite alarming. And yeah, it was a soft kill. That's, the the uh, disposal, uh, so I watched a fair bit of this game. Uh, had a few fantasy players playing. 
That it was some of the worst kicking I've seen by an AFL side in a long time. They, their disposal was horrid, North Melbourne, and whether. I don't know. It was windy. Was it? Is this? Is it Mount Barker? Mount so, Barker. I don't know. Brisbane skills were fine. So when you tend to see like you know, yeah, poor disposal, it's like, well, was it the weather or was it the conditions? But Brisbane was fine. Yeah. North Melbourne was horrid. What like, are they kicking? Horrid. in? So you got five from the likes of um, Danaher, Forty Cameron, yep. Forty Hipwood. Yep. So there's what thirteen goals off the bat. They kicked twenty-two, so forty-two scoring shots. Um, that's sort of what we think Brisbane should be yeah. doing um, on a regular basis to teams down the bottom of the table. Ashcroft v Sheasel, who's there was a battle of the uh, rising stars. Ashcroft, I don't know how many exact touches he had, but he had a good game. He was in my supercoach side, so I know he had a pretty good game. Sheasel had 31 disposals again. If you're Most disposals of any debutant in the first five games ever. So if you're stopping the count now for the rising star, I know you're a fan of Ruben, but he's, Big fan of the he's boy a couple Ruben. lengths off the lead as we speak. Well, he got subbed out in the weekend, so that didn't help him. He got poked in the eye and kicked in the face. Um, First goal in career in footy AFL level for him as well. Does, does that kick in the face to Dangerfield? Does that go to the tribunal today? I looked at that. And I know um, Dan was Dan, Dan on Dan. social media just oh, inciting some interest. He just what. put it out there about the well, and of course I read through some of the comments. Some of them saying Dan, you're a, you're a loser, and Dan, you. No, no, but someone was Skeeter's got his burner account out again. <laughs> Dan. Uh, did receive some reply, and some referred to Toby Green. If that was Toby, what's yeah, they the had the still shots that look exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what the difference is, but anyway, we probably got a little bit off topic. Uh, look, I'd have, I'd have Sheasel. I mean, I know he's getting some cheap kicking touches, but I don't know. Anyone can do that, so and no one else is doing that. So it's all good. I'm happy with that. Brisbane, That's easy win, very good. We both picked Brisbane. Essendon defeat Melbourne. I picked Essendon. Would you believe? Did you really? That was my second roughie of the week. <laughs> second roughie. <laughs> no, you fool. It, it was. It was. So Essendon defeat Melbourne, and they were very, very good. Didn't see it because I was calling Waffle, so you're going to have to guide me through this. But Melbourne, after, and I know they weren't great against the Eagles, but um, given neither of us really rate Essendon, how did this happen? Um, basically, so I... Another one of the only things I've said that came true this year. Pre-game, I said, what I saw from West Coast in the first half, remember when we called that game, I kept calling up the chimney. Melbourne were getting put under elite pressure by West Coast at stages of that game, and they couldn't sustain it, and they got smashed in the end. But Essendon bought consistent four-quarter pressure. Um, Which they haven't done for yeah, years. Anytime Melbourne got the footy, they were under pressure. And, and yeah, they, they got their midfield go, game going a little bit and you know, Petrarca and Oliver, they're stars. So at times they looked good. But but overall, um, the two big ruckmen, Draper and Phillips, they had three goals in the first quarter between them. Um, they played on Grundy. They dominated him. They took him completely out of the game. Um, Merritt and Parrish were outstanding in their midfield. They were clean. They were hard. They were... They were good. <laughs> Essendon were very good. But the MRO is going to have a say, I believe. With yeah, the- so Merritt's been given a week for a dangerous tackle. Look, it's very easy to see where this is going. AFL's trying to get this out of the game. And, you know, you're basically, you know, going to ground with a tackle. You need to be showing best endeavours at the very least to protect the head, which is a good thing in principle. But, mate, just, just quickly. brings just, us hard into, in the grey areas. And I know we go back to the Eagles-Geelong game. Two cases, Stengel, when he injured his wrist, a tackle was given a free kick, and also I think Jimby was dumped. Might have been by Stanley. I looked at both of them, and I, I struggled to see how players are getting... I know that the head... How do you tackle a player to ground? I'm just... I'm curious. And <clears throat> Yeah, look... Um, 
yeah, it's gonna be. There's gonna be this great period before they actually come out and clarify what's going on, like whether or not you it know, wasn't a, they weren't sling tackles. So. No, no, it's 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 really look. I'm not going to sit here and argue against it because I, I do want the head protected. I just there is incidents in it's our game and sport. moments in our game that are difficult to adjudicate against. And so look, we're going to lose merit. Uh, we're going to lose Tom Green. Um, did a similar action that was more slinging in nature. I think he's in trouble. Um, look, we, when we're going to have to cop it, I think. I don't know. It was a really interesting one in this game. Ben Brown, um, who was out the week before, got brought into the team, into the 22, and then was a late out of the entire squad, not injured. Well, actually, who knows what he was. And they brought Melksham into the side and Melksham all the way out, Brown all the way out. Like, I'm going to keep banging on about it. The moment we get some clarity and some actual honesty about what, what which players are injured, what's wrong with them, who's playing in the team... It's a bit of a farce. It's a farce from not only coaches, but the clubs. They're taking the piss. And it's, you know, it affects different things than just uh, them holding some strategy against the other side. Like, it's affecting results. It's affecting betting. It's affecting fantasy footy. It's affecting sponsorship. It's affecting the fans going to games. We need real clarity, and we don't have it. And, and that's another example. How of it. much does a late change? And Chris Scott, obviously, is Nothing. It does, how, it much adva- how much advantage does it give a team? None. Genuinely none. I, I played in some games where I'd prepped all week to play on, you know, say a John Degoe, right? Mm. And he gets pulled out. And, um, you know, there's a bit of happiness. Like, if you, well, there's a little bit of, like, you know, they'll come in and... I'm trying to there was one specifically where I was doing a job on a bloke and, you know, 30 minutes full of bounce said, you know, the team manager comes up and said, oh, you know, Adam Goods isn't playing. They've just pulled him out. And so your instant feeling is relief. You're like, oh. But then, then what's your role? But then you've prepped the whole week, mm. and then, but literally within five minutes, you're just going back into whatever other structure you're playing. It affects nothing. Mm. Like it's too late. It's it's actually too late. So I don't know. I don't think it affects anything. I think we need to get some real clarity. Hey, uh, Dan Const, if you could check your phone, that'd be great. Thank you very much. By the way, the Bombers. Can you believe this? The Bombers are currently second on the AFL table. Oh wow! What's the top four? So St Kilda, Essendon, Collingwood, all on sixteen. Carlton with 14 next to their name. So some big clubs in Melbourne, which I think is great. Makes for a big Anzac day. Gee, that's going to be massive. Uh, Port Adelaide defeat Western Bulldogs by 14 points. I picked the Bulldogs. I ticked Port. I wish they'd won by 15 for obvious reasons. But uh, And Todd Marshall, I was sort of hoping they'd, yeah, hoping they'd uh, get across the line, but not by that much. Todd Marshall in the last quarter, just goal-kicking-wise on a tough night for footy, he was just outstanding. And um, Jason Horn francis we can, we can go all around the subjects here, but still getting booed, still getting um, carved up by, by supporters. It, Why? What's be, the reason? Because he moved and, you know... The what talk, were they booing him for? Oh, you know, Kane Corns and the ice bath story and the fact he's gone back to Adelaide, he's copying grief, he was a number one draft pick. If this was rugby league or any other yeah. football code, no one would give a flying. But because our, our game is so built on tradition and one club players over the journey, which is now changing, of course. The, the narrative has been pushed by Kane and others around, like, you know, why he left and how he left. And, and, and now the media is to blame. Yeah, yeah most likely. Absolutely. Like, the, the, you, don't, you don't put it into, into lights and to... i got no problem it. with Ken Hinckley did, by the way. I, I, yeah, I liked great. him after the game. I thought that was, you know, it was it was public, but he, he felt he wanted to go up and give the young bloke a, a chat. And then he defended him and, and went out to bat for him in the, in the post-match press conference, which I... I think it's great leadership. 
Darcy Byrne Jones got moved forward, kicked a couple of goals. Like I tweeted about this last week, I find it really strange. He won the best and fairest in 2020 as a halfback flank. Was all Australian. Was an absolute gun. The last couple of years, he's been in and out of the team. I, I, I'm not sure what's gone on there, but that's just a bit strange for mine. Love the work Butters and Rosie. They just we know their their ability and wet night at the Adelaide Oval always tricky. And and Cody Waitman, yeah, his four goals really important. You have the tools around him in Aaron Norton and and the like. Uh, Jamara Eugle Hagen. But uh yeah, dogs were disappointing the last quarter. They led they led by I think eight points or thereabouts uh, after kicking I think the first or the last, but then they just dried up and uh, that's a that's a tough loss for them to, to swallow. GWS defeat Hawthorne by two. I tell you what. I saw I've, the end of this game. <laughs> yeah, so did I. I don't know why. I ended up flicking onto mm, it. Me too. Probably so it was uh Jarman Impey. Um with seconds to go, has a shot. Yeah, but let's go. Let's reverse the truck of fraction. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Big Harry Himmelberg. Yeah, that was great. I mean, to go up and take the mark of the round and, you know, contender for mark of the year, like Disco Roach back in the old days. Disco and then, Roach. Then kick the goal. Papa Roach, hey? To, to put them ahead. And they'd been peppering and peppering. So he puts them in front. Last 30 seconds of the game, uh, as you say, Hawks get it through the middle, get it into the hands of Impey, who's... I think just on the 50, maybe a fraction outside that or, or, or around the arc. It looked in the whole way. He kicked it beautifully. Yeah. And then uh, Himmelberg had made his way into defence. Was that Himmelberg? It was Himmelberg. It? No, it ends. wasn't. It was, was it? Himmelberg. Yep. So he almost butchered it. He almost missed it. Like, Because where he was jumping from, he jumped from well inside and he had to do the big bend back. It was like a, a, the Arsenal goalkeeper. He was had to give the full... But the review came into play. The tension is I'd immense. i say the Arsenal goalkeeper didn't do too well on the... Well, they were 2-0 up against West Ham yeah, last night and they we'll gave held to a two-all draw. We'll shout out to the Arsenal fans out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so touched it, went to the arc. Yes. But the umpire called it touched. Yeah, and that helped. But also, I think the replay did show it's yeah, a slip it was pass. Touched. That's a big win for the Giants. So Adam Kingsley, he's only had two victories next to his name. Both have come, I think... By a combined total of about six or seven points. It's wow. been pretty uh, pretty nerve-wracking stuff. But uh, Hawks, bless you. Bless you, Dan. <laughs> Hawks, Hawks Shut the fuck up. couldn't hang on. We're recording uh, a podcast over here. <laughs> Gi- Giants get the result. <laughs> Collingwood defeats and killed up by six. Uh, very good. Uh, very good game here. This was the game of the round. Yep. Um, St Kilda, Collingwood, it was, it was defensive. It was... It was a bit more defensive than I thought it would be, but like that's Ross Lyon, right? It was, but you were very um, keen to see what Ross did with Nick Dacos. Absolutely no, sweet nothing, air ball. <laughs> he, he got 42. <laughs> career high. I repeat that. 4-2 next to his name, and Scoey's going, when is somebody going to tag this bloke? What, why, are we, why are we not tagging him? Like, why, what's, what's the reason? Can they? Are they? Will they? I don't... Well... I, is he there's taggable? no player that's un- untaggable. <laughs> Just commit yourself to running around a bike. It's honestly not that hard. I've tagged blokes. It's it's genuinely like a pretty easy thing to do. You and Krause. just you just need to be versatile. Yeah. Fit in with your team structures around stoppage, and just just. Just don't worry about yourself and just worry about him. No one's doing that, which is outrageous. They've won again. He's had 42 touches. No Dugowie. He was a laid out. That's another thing. You just oh, yeah, not he playing. was ill. He was ill. Right. Okay. Well, that's supposedly. We don't. We won't really know, do we? I, mean, I guess we're just going to take everyone's word that you know we just pull him out. Um, Josh Josh uh, Josh Dacos was very good. The uh, the elder brother of Nick. So it's actually reversed here. Josh Dacos is having a really good season, but I think everyone just thinks Nick is as well. Um, 
St Kilda almost won this. They well, were four goals down with two minutes to go, and they almost won. Absolutely, they, oh, they, Drew, they sorry. flew home, and uh, they had the ball inside fifty when the siren sounded. So, yeah, that that look. I don't think St Kilda loses any fans whatsoever. They've restricted Collingwood to seventy points, which I think they would have taken pre-game as as about the you know a low-scoring affair. Yeah. Um, yeah, they just let themselves down at the start of the, that last quarter. And Collingwood, you know, Bobby Hill of the goal line got got a cheap in. Yeah, um, that was a hard fought win, and I, I think I think we need to need to give St Kilda the the credit they deserve for the first month of footy. And uh, look, once they get some players back, Ross Lyon, despite another really good coaching performance, just falling short. But Collingwood, um, as you say, sets it up beautifully for for Anzac Day with that that result. Albeit it wasn't there their finest performance by any means. But St Kilda don't let teams do that with that the way correct. they go about their footy. That is correct. Uh, Will Schofield, Mark Redding's Shelter Footycast. We've had some emails come in uh, from our listeners and uh, we do appreciate that. So you want to send us an email, you can get in touch with us. Make sure you do because we will get into these as well. Footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. Send us an email and we'll get through them. Uh, this one's from James Russell. Thanks for your correspondence, James. Hi, Will and Skeet. Wondering what your thoughts are were regarding Dangerfield's actions during West Coast game yesterday. There were the two marking contests in which he raised his leg in a flying kicking motion, which both made contact with the opposition player. Then later in the game, he made contact with Jinbi again, which we spoke about. Um, to this point, there has been no mention from the MRO. So I feel that if this was Toby Green, he would be hearing a lot more about these incidents, especially considering they all happened in the same game. Yeah, I can't really dispute what he's saying, but... Danger took the mark when he was opposed to Jimby in that that contest. Um, will they have a look at it? Yeah, possibly. But I mean, the rule there's a rule there, studs up rule. Yeah, so it can't just happen. I guess there's going to be enough force. I yeah, I, yeah. He played I on, didn't he? Kick someone in the head. Well, did he? How does protection? Yeah, I suppose it's a force of which the legs going out. They're, they're mean, trying to they're trying to stop people using their studs to protect yeah. themselves. So that's what he did. Maybe a fine. I don't know. It didn't look like the worst incident in the nah, world. No, I wouldn't. I'm not about to go to war over it. Uh, Matthew Stenhouse gets in touch. Thanks, Matty. Caught the end of a brief conversation with Skeet and Jacko on Radio on 6PR, the, the development of West Coast. No disrespect, but West Coast don't seem to have any big names, and is that even required? Thought Jacko was spot on regarding his points on Melbourne 10 or so years ago, getting all the draft picks but playing them all too early than most of them having shortened careers. They need quality development before throwing them in the deep end. West Coast have a big pot of money. Why don't they look to recruit proven and strong development staff and a footy manager? And has the waffle side been a bad move in hindsight? Uh, for your information, I'm um, aware of where the club is at and will be good to have another strong draft, but needs to be managed well. Thoughts? Yeah, I don't disagree with too much of that. Um, Were you I'm, listening? Well, no, it's, it was quite a long email. That's uh, it stretched. But so, so, essentially, so, talking about player development, right? Now, so you, you know and, more about the player to, player development uh, well, coaches so, here. Well, so you and Jack are speaking about um, you know young draft picks and playing them too early. What happened well, it, at Melbourne? Essentially, it was uh, talking about um, Barnett at the Eagles, the young ruckman. Is it Harrison Barnett? Yes. Uh, well, Jackson, but yeah, Harrison. So yeah. He, he's first game back or first game in. And our co-commentator, Mitch Turner, said, well, I mean, perhaps actually, said, he might have to come in. And I said, well, after one game, and Jacko's very strong, saying, no, 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 you cannot bring these types of players in too early. And that's when he went down the path of saying it can be detrimental to their development by playing AFL footy when they're clearly not ready. And that's when he went down the Melbourne path. Well, so I think Maddie's second point um, about um, should they 
you know they've got a big pot of money should they be recruiting a proven and strong development staff and footy manager and, and the waffle so i think that should yeah i think maddie's spot on i think they should be if they're gonna if they're gonna persist with it they're gonna have to um put more money into it i don't know if they can that's the only thing you're talking about the footy yeah cap? The, the, yeah with the with the waffle side i think it includes what they're doing at the afl like with the waffle side so yeah. I don't know if they can go and spend all the money that they've got because well, they, they do have money. There's, there's they, forty West Coast plus million. Money. In the, the money isn't an issue. I don't think they're allowed. I to I don't spend think it. they can. I mean, they, they're probably yeah, hamstrung a bit, and that's where the, the the bigger clubs, and they are certainly one of them, is, are saying, look, you know, the the salary, the soft cap, um, you know, detrimental to to improving the uh, the the coaching staff, or certainly the resources that they can certainly afford yes um thank you very correspondent lads uh if you want to get in touch with us send us an email footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au um shelter xpa x factor of the round skater i've got one in front of me we're going free mantle i'm guessing either free or west coast and well, it's not west coast no we're going free mantle uh yeah. I, you know i reckon i always like to give it the old boys because I, i've got that sort of uh affiliation with uh, old boys now um <laughs> I, I haven't can't see what you've got written down so i'm gonna have to agree or disagree i've got caleb sarong but i think i'm flipping mickey walters gets the shelter of xpa thanks to shelter for his four goal performance i don't care if he's old he's one of their best players he, sh- he should be kicking goals and that's what he's doing so i've heard a couple of people say oh it's you know where, what's it say about Freo's list if Michael Walters is playing well? It's like, well, what's he meant to be doing? Not playing well. If he's not playing well, that's, that's, that's poor. And guess what? There's some of these young small forwards or some of the forwards around him, he'll be uh, getting them to take their notepad out and say, look, this is where we move to. This He'll be giving some education to these kids as well. Now, let's not finish the show without our new segment, Thirsty Camel Clanger of the Week. Don't run out of your favourites. Grab your shelters at Thirsty Camel. Now, Skeeter, have you got... A clanger of the week for us, other than your punt in the Port Adelaide game. <laughs> have you got a clanger of the week for us? Because, I've got to be honest, I don't have one sitting in front of me. <laughs> oh, good on you, champ. Yeah. Uh, uh, leaving me highly exposed to uh, embarrassment here. Um, clanger of the week. Uh, let me think. Um, Who was doing silly things? I mean, Paddy Dangerfield was doing it. Uh, what about this one? Oh, actually, I've got one. I've got one. There you go. I'm just going to think who it's on. It was it was actually something I really liked. I've got, I've got it in my head. I'm just wondering who the clanger is against, right? I think it's going to be against Jack Ginevan. Now, there was a moment in the uh, St Kilda-Collingwood game yesterday. Jack Ginevan um, fell over. He was being tightly manned by Ben Patton from St Kilda um, all game. He kept him to one goal. He played well on him. Uh, in the third quarter, Ginevan's gone down in a contest Jack uh, Ben Patton first to his feet and was about meeting you away from him. And Jack Ginnivan lying on his back put his hand up for a hand up. Help me up, Ben. Yes. Ben looked at him. Donuts. Hands on his knees. Store, like just stared him down and, and waited to Collingwood teammates came and picked him up. I bloody love that from Patton. Yeah. And that's a how that's that is the clang, that is the thirsty camel clanger of the week on Jack Ginnivan. Mate, get yourself up. Don't be asking the opposition players to pick you up. No, nah, good call. Now I'm going to finish with one as well. It's nothing to do with footy, but it's to do with me actually yesterday. Um, Let's finish this. I had my Kia Osborne Park uh, Sportage, the the pressure set on the the, the tires was low. So I've been a couple of times to to put air in there and nothing's really changed. I'm getting a bit frustrated, so Ooh, I brought my wife least. to the service station. <laughs> Your wife. Try- yeah, my wife, and because oh. she does a lot things, a lot more things better than oh. I do. So she, we've gone through it, got God. the pressure valve up to thirty-five, <laughs> and she's done it. And 
She, because I was pressing the button in, I think I, I wasn't putting any air in the tie, so she just said, "Just leave it there." And went up to thirty-five, and so complete clangor, thanks to thirsty camel myself for not even knowing how to put air in tires of my car. My wife looked at me and she turned seriously and said, "Mark, you're a remedial." That was what she said to me in the nicest possible way. Know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> What a way to finish. Shelter Footy Cast on Instagram. Follow us there. Send us an email. Catch up. Find Skate in the, uh, in the street. Tell him how to change the tyre or something. Just put air in the tyres. <laughs> you shouldn't say it. You call me a mum. to be honest with you.